you dream of a classroom where learning is natural? Can we inspire students to lifelong learning? What exactly is the purpose of an education? Inspiring students to be curious, independent, creative, innovative, deep thinking, confident, proactive, collaborative, determined, educated. Rise to the challenge of changing the world. This is teaching. This is learning. This is who we are. Welcome to the Tabletop Inventing Podcast. What is a microbusiness? What lessons can teenagers learn by running a microbusiness? Can teens run successful, money-making microbusinesses? Join us today to discover more about teens and microbusiness. And I don't use the word entrepreneur on purpose because there are uh, the people that think entrepreneurs have to be risk takers. They have to be these extroverts. They have to be these, these high energy, driven, passionate people. And this is why when my daughter said, I, I'm not an entrepreneur, I said, I think you got the wrong definition. This is the podcast where we discuss success and innovation for teenagers. No spoiler alerts today, but if you're interested in teenagers getting a jump start, stay locked in here. I remember reading an article several years back that discussed the dilemma of being a modern teen. In ages past, societies considered teens to be adults and expected them to step up into the adult world and prove their worth to the society. If we observe teenagers, we see the deep desire for significance. Yet in our modern system of education, teens are asked to solve problems and challenges with little or no lasting impact. With apologies to my own fields of math and science, solving for x or finding the equations of motion of an already well-known set of differential equations just feels a little hollow and thin. How do we navigate this juxtaposition between a teenager's internal drive for significance and the typical four years and possibly another four years in college of knowledge gathering which seems disconnected from reality. I'll look up the article and post it in the show notes, but the conclusion of the article was to restructure our expectations and opportunities that we should offer during these years filled with such passion and purpose. On the podcast today, we discuss an alternative to our modern conundrum of how to keep teens engaged in meaningful education. And perhaps it isn't even an alternative, maybe just an addition to our current education. Carol Topp is an engineer-turned-accountant. I know, that's an unusual shift. In the last few years, though, she has worked with many teens in her accounting practice, helping them structure what she likes to call a microbusiness. The experiences and learning that occur in a microbusiness can be a great catalyst toward adding significance to the otherwise dry learning teens dread. Let's find out more about Carol's experience and explore some new possibilities. So my guest today is Carol Topp. Carol is the author of Micro Business for Teens, and she started out as an accountant specializing in uh, individual taxes and small business taxes, and now works with small nonprofits, mostly as a result of her work with teens, uh, which resulted in the book. Uh, she spends time uh, helping teens understand how to start and run micro businesses. So, Carol, tell us a little more about how you got into this. 
Yeah, well, like a lot of things, it because I, as a CPA or as an accountant, have a client who has a need, and I and I got a phone call. It was probably about six or seven years ago now. A friend of mine had a teenage son. He's Philip was fifteen at the time, and he was getting checks from Google Ads every month because he had put up a website and he was getting income from the ads. And I told mom, I thought that was a great idea, you know, great little micro business he had. And then she said to me. No, Carol, you don't understand. The checks are over $1,000 every month this 15-year-old was getting. And she said, I I think he's going to owe taxes at the end of the year. (laughs) I said, yeah, he is. I mean, here's a 15-year-old just in his part-time bringing in over $12,000 a year of income. So I met with Philip and found out what he was doing. And uh, he was very successful at driving traffic to his website, obviously, getting ad income, obviously. But he didn't know a whole lot about some of the business stuff that I'm good at, right? Record keeping, taxes, how to set up his business properly, things like that. And as I started meeting with him and then a few other ambitious students that would find out, you know, I was helping teenagers. I realized I need to write a book and it actually turned into three books and and a workbook. So it's kind of a whole series of books called Micro Business for Teens just to help these teenagers understand some of the business aspects of what they're doing when they run uh, a tiny business I call a micro business. So what are some of the types of businesses that you have worked with the teens to help them establish and grow? Well, if you think about it, the two most favorite micro businesses that teenagers start are typically babysitting. And if you think about it, that's really a micro business. You're offering your time and your services and you're getting paid for it. And the other one, very traditional, is is lawn care, mowing grass. But kids have got a whole lot more creative than that. I've seen them start all kinds of business, a lot of service-based businesses, you know, where they might offer tutoring or dancing lessons, guitar lessons, those kinds of things where they're actually selling their time and their knowledge to somebody. But some kids start very creative uh, product-based businesses too. There's a young man here in Ohio who started a business selling what he calls uh, manly scented candles they have they have (laughs) smells to them that guys would like like um you know dirt and freshly mowed grass and uh stuff like that pizza Uh, so those are unique i I think i need to know this guy yeah yeah they're called man candles man cans is 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 a business you can find them you know online so i i actually run across so many different ideas that there are many mentioned in in my book starting a micro business but you know i wrote that book at one point in time so i actually set up a Pinterest page under Carol Top or you can just go on Pinterest and type in micro business for teens and and whenever I see a creative unique idea it goes on my Pinterest page so there's probably over 100 different ideas of teenagers and the businesses they've run there so do you find that the teenagers watch each other and you know, kind of copy each other or are they always trying to do something new or do they always pick the same kinds of things mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes they pick the same things uh, a lot of times, and and that's okay because they're really here to learn uh, about what it takes to run a business, so you don't have to do anything unique. Matter of fact, my daughter, when she was a teenager, was uh, giving piano lessons, and she also did a little bit of, of tutoring, and she accompanied you know musicians on the piano. And I said to her one day, Emily, I think you should enter this entrepreneurship contest I found for you. And she said, Mom, I'm not an entrepreneur. I didn't invent anything. I think she thought she had to be Steve Jobs and invent, you know, the iPhone or something (laughs) like that. And I try to tell kids, no, that's okay. You don't have to do anything new. 
just do something that you're good at that people will pay you for. And Emily was an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur, Steve, you know this. It means one who undertakes a new adventure. And that can be babysitting. That can be piano lessons. doesn't have to be anything new and creative necessarily. It's just a way to, to make some money and to learn a whole lot about business. So if I had a teenager and I was interested in them getting involved in this, what are some of the things they would learn in this process? Well, they're going to learn time management because, of course, life doesn't stop when you just decide either to get a job or what I think is better and, and, and start a micro business. So they're going to learn how to manage their time. They're going to learn how to manage their money, which is obviously those are two really important things that we want for them to learn as teenagers to help them be successful as adults, learn to manage their money. They're going to learn customer service. They're going to learn how to apologize for things that are not their fault. <laughs> Right? Don't we all have to do that business? Right? That sounds awfully familiar, actually. I have to apologize to somebody today because I, I overlooked their email for 10 days. They wrote back to me, excuse me, did you get my email from 10 days ago? I had to apologize. You have to apologize for things. That's called customer service. Uh, they'll learn about marketing. What makes me unique? How can I present that? Who are my customers? Where do I find them? What are their needs? Why is no one buying my product? Is it priced too high or is it not meeting a need? All those really basic, important things that drive success in businesses, and they're going to get a lot of experience in a microcosm, which they can take into their adult life, either to make them better employees or to make them better business owners. As I was listening to you talk, it occurred to me, so what is Philip doing now? Is he is he uh -huh. in college? Where, oh, what's he doing? I got to tell you, well, first of all, I will tell you, you can see Philip and his story on YouTube, a PBS station here in Ohio, about two three years ago, I think now, two and a half, three years ago, interviewed me and six different teenagers in their micro businesses and their parents. So you can see Philip, you can see his father talking about his business. So just go to microbusinessforteens.com and right there on the homepage is the link to the YouTube uh, video. Or you can go on YouTube and Google Micro Business for Teens or my name, Carol Top. But what Philip is doing now is he is actually on the West Coast in Silicon Valley. He is working for Google. <laughs> That's excellent. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. Are there other stories where you've watched teens go from having a small micro business to uh, moving out into something that was related to that, or maybe that that just fired up their interest in businesses in general? Yeah, I think more it fires up their businesses. And, and usually what I enjoy most is when they, they come to me in person at a conference or something and I see the light in their eyes. There was a girl I met in Pennsylvania this year. Her name is Amber. She came up to me and she said, I heard you two years ago. And then she started telling me about how in the two years she had written five books. Wow. I had somehow sparked something in her. I think four were fiction. So four works of fiction. And one was nonfiction, basically a story of her life. She's had some difficulties with eating disorders and she wanted to write about her experience to encourage others. And then I get talking to Amber a little bit more and I find out she's actually an actress. She's a professional paid actress. She has an agent. Now she's launching into public speaking because she's got a story <laughs> to tell. So who knows where this kid's going to go next? I can't wait till I see her, you know, in a major motion picture or something because she's gaining confidence. She's gaining, you know, obviously the ability to speak and write and communicate well, which carries her into whatever she wants to do in the future. So the statistics on this next question may be a little skewed because I'm, I'm not sure how much statistics you've taken on this. But I'm curious, are there any personality differences that you notice with the kids that are interested in the micro business? Or do you get all personalities and they just choose a different kind of business? 
Yeah, definitely all kinds of personalities. Matter of fact, one thing I, I really don't like, and I don't use the word entrepreneur on purpose, because there are the, uh, the people that think entrepreneurs have to be risk takers. They have to be these extroverts. They have to be these these high energy, driven, passionate people. And this is why when my daughter said, I, I'm not an entrepreneur, I said, I think you got the wrong definition. Uh, I like to call it micro business because anybody can run a micro business, even if you don't see yourself as a high risk taking, high energy, passionate person, if you just have see a need and can meet that need. So I met one young lady who actually has some learning disabilities and she can't communicate verbally very well. But she did tell me that what she does is she's a beta tester, a software tester for, uh, I believe it's the Nancy Drew computer games. You know, there, there are those computer yeah. games, video mm -hmm. games, Nancy Drew, and she's the beta tester. That is something she can do from home on her own time because partially because of her learning disabilities and her difficulty in communication. So I thought, this is fabulous. She has found something she can do as her micro business, even with what we would see as a lot of limitations in her life. So I say just about any teenager and just about any adult can probably run a business. You're right. They just got to find the right kind of business for them, uses their skills, their talents, their interests. So do you find that the process of starting a business helps teenagers to grow in any particular way? Yeah, definitely. I've kind of touched on how much they grow in confidence and in ability. But I think it's a responsibility. They're growing up. They're growing up to be the adults we want to see them become. And, and every challenge that they have, and they will have a lot of them, helps them become more grown up. So my uh, second daughter had a micro business when she was in high school. She did senior pictures. Great business photography. She still does. She's going doing a photo shoot for an engaged couple this weekend. But, you know, one day a, a client, her friend from high school, canceled on her. And she had to learn, what do I do when someone cancels on me? Okay, well, so here's some people skills she's going to learn, right? Isn't that good for taking into the future? Here's, <laughs> oh, yeah. here's, you know, let's discuss about what do you do when someone cancels on you? Well, you tell him there's a rescheduling fee. If you want to reschedule with me, the rescheduling fee. Or you get half of the money up front, you know, get a deposit. These are just good business skills, right? So now, now she knows before when she signs a contract to do a photo shoot, get some money up front. That way they're less likely to just back out on you. So they're going to learn smarts. They're going to learn street smarts and savvy as well as all those really important communication and people skills. I have another question. Have you followed any of these kids through the college process at all? Like have any of them gone that route and have they reported back any differences or have you noticed anything you think might be hmm. the same or different in the college experience? Yeah. Yeah, I have followed a few. I'm thinking of the six kids that were in the video. Philip went to college, studied marketing and then finance. And like I said, he got hired by Google. Another student who ran a, a lawn mowing service actually finished college. He ran it all through college. His name is Lucas. And he studied engineering. Now he is working as an engineer, but he told me he'd like to run his own engineering firm someday. Meanwhile, he sold his lawn mowing service to his dad. <laughs> <How about that>? <laughs> <laughs> he sold it to his. Now, yeah, now I have heard it the other way around. I mean, I, I, know. I know lots of people who buy their businesses from their parents, you know, as they get older. 
I don't think I've ever heard of a kid who sold his business to his dad. That's an unusual. Well, dad, dad wanted to retire and just keep a little bit active. He didn't carry as many clients as, as Lucas was carrying, actually. But basically, Lucas sold him the very nice equipment that he had for pennies on the dollars. <laughs> um, yeah, some of the other students are one, uh, Emily, who taught ballet lessons, has gone on. And she's in college right now and in, in theater and performance, things like that. So a lot of times you see what they started as their micro businesses are kind of a tech do I want to do this in college? Is this my future career? And sometimes it is, or sometimes it's just those entrepreneurial skills and thinking that the students take into whatever occupation they might have in the future. Like, I know that Philip is taking his entrepreneurial thinking into Google every day that he goes to work, but he's still an employee. As these students go into college and as you watch them evolve through this experience, do you think there's a difference in maybe focus? I mean, I'm just conjecturing here. I'd... Yeah, I think maybe they're a little more mature because they've had one foot in the adult world of running a business. It seems like the kids that I meet and I t that I talk to seem to have a little more maturity, probably a lot more focus in what they're studying and why they're studying it because they've tested the waters sometimes. So I'll, I'll use my own, my own daughter as an example again. She, uh, she was the one who gave piano lessons. Also, she did some bookkeeping for one of my small business clients because I thought she would make a good accountant. And I thought doing bookkeeping is a good test to see if you like accounting and if you want to study it. And she did. And, you know, she went through college, you know, but she had this experience in the back of her mind of doing basic bookkeeping which is the building block of accounting. But some accounting students don't even do basic bookkeeping. So it's all just head knowledge to them. To Emily, it was real life because she would think back to the bookkeeping client that she had while she was going through accounting classes. And now she's a CPA. So good story there. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a micro business when you were a teenager? No, I did not. Not babysitting as much as you might consider that a micro business. No, I didn't. But I consider the business I have right now to be a micro business because I define a micro business as only one worker, the owner. I have no employees. It's just me. When I need help, I hire a subcontractor or independent contractor. But a micro business is, is one person managing the business. So it's not too big from that sense. Now, it can be very big financially, you know. But it, it means it's not big in terms of employees, just one worker, the owner. So one of the things we like to do is kind of go backwards in time a little bit. And so I'd like to, to rewind the clock a long time for you and I and think back to when both of us were in high school and uh, maybe in middle school, maybe even all the way back to elementary school. Mm -hmm. What do you remember about your education in those years? That's interesting. I had this very interesting discussion once with my brother, who's two years younger than I went to the same high school. We grew up in Wisconsin. And somehow early on in my, in my career, probably like the beginning of junior high, I got tracked onto a college preparatory track. And I had a very good experience because I was on this college track. My brother told me he didn't get picked for that track in junior high. You know, sometimes Boys, my brother didn't really blossom academically until about his junior, senior year in high school. And now he's a PhD, teaches at the largest university in the country, okay? So wow. Just, and he talked about his high school experience was not nearly as good as mine. So looking back, I'd have to say, unfortunately, I think there was a little too much tracking a little too early on. 
And and again, like I said, my brother, he caught, talk about passion, he caught the spark for the passion, for the love of economics. It was always in him because he told me he remembered when he was like third grade, fifth grade, his teachers were telling him about commerce, you know, businesses. And he got all excited about it, wanted to talk to the kids at recess about it. (laughs) (laughs) But it didn't really come into fruition until his about junior or senior of high school when we had to take the required economics class. He loved it. He ate it up. He found his passion. And like I said, he's now a PhD. He's a professor at Ohio State teaching economics. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What was, what's your, what was your education like, Steve? Similar? I actually remember quite a bit. I had an interesting experience because I went to small schools because I grew up in a rural area. And the small school I went to, uh, there were multi-grade classrooms. Oh. And I was always watching the other kids. And I actually really struggled with reading. I was never a very good reader. In fact, I'm still a slow reader. And I always thought that I just wasn't that smart. I mean, I always liked math, mm-hmm. but I, I just wasn't really smart at anything else. And I, I, mm-hmm. I didn't understand that there were so many different ways to process the information around us. And it was, it was in probably middle school when there was an older student who was in eighth grade, and everyone liked him. He was fun. He was easy to get along with. He was amazing at every sport you could imagine. <laughs> and <laughs> academically, he just, I mean, he was knocking it out of the park yeah. every single yeah. day. And something about that experience hooked me because he was cool, and I thought it was cool to get good grades. Yeah. And that landed somewhere in my heart and I just followed that all the way through college and uh, it wasn't until graduate school that I got the humbling experience of realizing that there are actually other people out there that are a lot smarter than me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. It took graduate school to figure that out. That's good. That was a real eye-opener. Well, yeah. well when you're a, a big fish in a small pond, you don't notice that. Oh, right. You know, you That's step right. into the graduate world, and yeah. particularly in the sciences, and yep. suddenly you have smart people from all around the world showing up yes. in your programs. And, I mean, I just know some brilliant people. And mm-hmm. it took me a long time to regain the confidence and realize that I do have a lot of intelligence natively. So I went through this twice, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had to rebuild that in graduate school. I noticed a theme, though, while you were talking about you and your brother. Is there an economic theme in your family? Like, were your parents accountants? Or, like, where did no. that come from? Like, No, it's really funny. At, at my parents' 50th wedding anniversary, my brother got up and, and told a little story about there. I have two sisters, so there's four kids. And he said, okay, here's how it works. My one sister is a doctor. She'll tell you what's wrong with you. My second sister is a pharmacist. Uh, my third sister is a CPA. She'll tell you how much it costs. And my brother says, I'm an economist, and I'll try to tell you why it costs so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we have quite an eclectic background there. But, you know, my parents were not college educated. They were vocationally educated. You know, they went to, you know, had basically kind of a, a two-year vocational background. But all four of us kids, and, and you heard, I have a sister who's a pharmacist, another who's a doctor, my brother's a PhD, and I'm kind of the weakling of the family because I only have a CPA background. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have an advanced degree. But yeah, I mean, look at, look at what this generation of my parents' generation did that all four of us kids have college degrees and some advanced degrees. It's really pretty amazing. I don't remember them really ever terribly emphasizing education. You know what it was? It was just assumed. It was just assumed you were going to go to college. Isn't that funny? And I think I did that with my kids too. Well, when you go to college, not if, but when you go to college, it was just assumed. (laughs) You know? Wow. Interesting. And so all of you picked up the love of something. 
Yeah. Now, do you happen yeah. to know with your siblings? I mean, was that in high school? Was it in college? Like, when did the love of whatever it is that they picked, was that, when did that happen? Do you know? Yeah, I remember, I'm not sure about my oldest sister, the one who's a pharmacist, but I remember my second sister, the doctor. I remember going to uh, to, to a dermatologist. We used to go together as teenagers. And I remember her asking the dermatologist, so she's a high school kid at this point, why did you want to be a doctor? And him, you know, taking a few minutes to talk to her about that. So she was asking questions, and this is what I really, matter of fact, I wrote a book on career exploration for uh, high school kids, and I really encourage what I would call job shadowing, which is basically almost what my sister was doing, but, but following a person around who you think you might want to be in their career, asking them, why did you pick this career? What are the advantages of it? Um, so I had my daughter do that, uh, the one who's now a CPA, she shadowed two different accountants. That I knew. She was also thinking about being a pharmacist, so she shadowed a pharmacist for a while. I think it's invaluable as you're trying to figure out what do I want to study in college, what do I want my career to be. Let me find somebody I can follow around for a couple hours and see if I really do understand what the job entails and the career involves. And then before you go committing four years and lots of money uh, to a college degree to find out, oh, I don't, I don't really like what I'm doing. Well, there's a question that I usually ask near the end of the podcast here, but I'm going to add a, a different twist to it, actually. Okay. We like to explore this idea of what it means to be educated with the quotes around the word educated yes. in okay. the digital age. And I'm curious, just speaking about shadowing there, because the information is so freely available out there on the web, what's the difference between shadowing a real person and shadowing the profession maybe online? Oh, that's a really good question. It's interesting. If you talk to anybody about their profession or their career, they will tell you how maybe what they studied in college is only the, the base, the uh, foundation of what they do on the job and how they, what they do on the job might be very different from what they studied. For example, my, my husband is an engineer and he was a great student, loves studying, but he will tell you now most of what he does is not true engineering it's more project management. Oh, well, that's interesting. So follow an engineer around for a little while and understand that a lot of what they do is managing projects, whether it's <laughs> building a bridge or he, he does technical support for the computer systems that they use. Also, another example, I knew a, a student, a, a girl named Erin, who wanted to study forensic science. Interesting. She loved the, the you know, the, the academic aspect of forensic science so her mother arranged for her to shadow a coroner oh, and, wow. and yeah and what Aaron saw was that it's not like on television <laughs> that you know cor surprise surprise <laughs> coroners spend a lot of their time alone in a very quiet environment and this happened to be the basement of the hospital where they usually put coroners a lot of time in the lab which was fine but a lot of time alone, very quiet environment. Now that might appeal to a lot of people, but it didn't to Erin. She was more social. She wanted to be around people. So she decided to, to uh, drop the idea of forensic science and she ended up studying marketing in college. How about that? She might have <laughs> loved, she wow. might have been completely capable academically of studying forensic science, but the job atmosphere, if you will, the job environment was something she could only gain by following a coroner around for a while and seeing what he actually did. You mean so that they don't have all those interactions in those big labs with all those people <laughs> exactly. like on TV? You know, what they don't show on TV are all the hours that those technicians put in to get to that 
30-second soundbite yeah. where they show the cool results. They don't show all the, the lab experiments that failed, you know, before they got to what they found, you know? Oh, yeah. It doesn't make for good TV. I get that. We don't want to watch somebody <laughs> doing labs for hours on end. So it's a little bit like accounting. People think accounting is boring. And I say, no, accounting is like solving a puzzle. It's a lot of fun if you like solving puzzles, you know. But um, it doesn't make for good TV, though, to see me sitting here working on a spreadsheet, does it? Well, that that sounds like actually my background as a scientist. I mean, you spend a lot of time in the lab doing things that aren't very glamorous and then you get that breakthrough and then you know and yeah. then that gets written up in a paper and people read the paper and they they don't realize the you know the two years of of frustration yes. that precedes yes. all of that <laughs> yes yes and and i and i probably shouldn't call it frustration i yep. i'm a scientist turned entrepreneur because i need the risk and the excitement and i like the risk and the excitement and so the kinds of businesses that appeal to me are probably different than the kinds of businesses that might appeal to someone with a more sedate sure. personality but sure. but yeah that i love that idea of teenagers taking the time to watch and what the job really looks like yeah and see i think dabbling in a micro business is is one way they can do that i joke about now, if you want to be a brain surgeon, I don't recommend you, you start a micro business as a teenager. <laughs> but, there are, but there are a lot of things. Say you want to be a surgeon. Okay, well, maybe you should go volunteer in a hospital, you know, so you're around medical people. Maybe you sh if you want to be a veterinarian, obviously you go volunteer either at a, at a veterinary clinic or, you know, the um, Humane Society or things like that. If you want to be a teacher, I think you should be babysitting children you know, or tutoring, these kinds of things, some aspect of the job, you can practice as, as a teenager to see if you're good at it. Yeah. I just think the, the biggest disappointment, my neighbor even said this, her, her daughter is studying engineering. And she said her daughter's now a senior, or, uh, yeah, senior in, in college. And she said, you know, uh, my daughter doesn't really know that many engineers. I'm like, <laughs> you got one living next door to you. How, my husband, and I have a degree in engineering. How come you never asked, she never asked to follow him around for two or four hours? Wait, wait, wait. You have a what, degree you know? in engineering? I do. I do. I didn't say that, did I? You yeah, did I have not say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm an engineer turned accountant. Well, yeah. that, that was surprising, actually. And, <laughs> and when you said the thing about uh, not having a, a brain surgeon, uh, uh, brain surgery, yeah. uh, like micro <laughs> yeah. business, what jumped in my mind, actually, was a, a piece of science that I've seen recently of the remote control cockroach. And you actually have to put something in their brain. So, so maybe you okay. can have a, 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 a <laughs> yeah, brain yeah, surgery micro business. <laughs> Just not on people. <laughs> yeah, you could do a dissection, you know, help, help a student with his dissection labs or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's close. Wow. So uh, I, I wonder how many teenagers are out there, though, like your neighbor's daughter who wasn't really sure about what engineers looked like. Talk, right. talk like what you know what the everyday engineering part of their right. job looks like right and it's a shame because most people love to talk about what they're doing even if they're a little sometimes frustrated and we all get a little frustrated with our with our jobs or our businesses even if we love it there's you know good and bad but for the most part if if a student came to you steve and said Gosh, can i could i see what you do could i follow you around you're you're mostly flattered and you're <laughs> you're willing to do it it takes kind of the that guts bravery for a teenager to do that yeah so when i have taught this uh, career exploration class and i think i've taught it three times i taught it to homeschool kids because i homeschooled my own kids i made them do it and they would try to take an easy way out like can i just do a phone <laughs> interview 
No, you have to go find a person. And, and it was like pulling teeth to get them to do that. But it was so rewarding for those that did. It would usually make or break their decision about what they wanted to study in college. You know, almost all of them came out saying, yes, now I really know this is what I want to do. Or, Mrs. Top, I'm completely changing my mind. That was not at all what I thought. Well, Good. I think, Good. Now you know. I think we should put underline this, actually. Because I think this is a really important thing for parents to take away who are uh, listening. Taking just a couple of minutes to reach out to someone and ask, you know, do you mind if I yeah. get to know what you do, ask you some questions, is really powerful. Yeah, I have really. met some of the most interesting people on our, just on our podcast by looking at interesting profiles and thing, you know, things that they're doing and just sending a short email and saying, Hey, would you be willing to be in our podcast? And I have had some of the most amazing people just say, well, sure. Yeah. Including Carol Top. <laughs> no, no, I'm most amazing, but yeah. Okay. It's fun. When I was writing this book on career exploration or when I was getting ready to, to teach the class, I would just ask people, how did you decide to be what you are? And just hear their stories. So I asked my dentist, how did you decide you wanted to be a dentist? And he said he wanted to work with people and work with his hands. So his dad, who ran a mechanic, uh, you know, an auto mechanic shop, had uh, my dentist work for him one summer. And he liked working with his hands and he liked working on cars, but it was smelly and dirty. And he didn't like the smell of grease and the dirt underneath his nails. So instead, he went to dental school. <laughs> I guess he doesn't mind spit and the smell of toothpaste because <laughs> I think that his office is going to be kind of smelly. But he got what he wanted. You know, which was the ability to work with his hands and work with people, but in a clean environment. Isn't that amazing? I thought that yeah. was a fantastic story of how this is what I want. And and he, he experimented. He tried, right? He worked a summer for his dad doing auto mechanic repair. Nope, not for him. Good. That was good to know, isn't it? You know? Oh, yeah. Well, it's certainly nice to know early enough to do something about it. Yes. So, yep. well, let's let's wrap this up with our, our final question we always ask. And... You've had an opportunity now to watch teens and micro-businesses and think about this, this alternative uh, education that's happening all around. What is the purpose of an education? With all that perspective, what is the purpose of an education? Oh, I think the purpose of an education is to use the gifts you've been given for the greater good. Uh, obviously, first to provide for your own living and your family but ultimately, hopefully, to benefit society. If you've been given a brain, if you've been given a talent, if you've been given a passion or an interest, there's almost an obligation that God puts on, puts on you to use that. Again, mostly for your own needs and your family's needs, future family needs if you're a teenager, or for the greater good of, of our world and our society. And we certainly need it. We certainly need creative people who are talented at whatever they're good at, you know, to use those. I, th I think it's sad, isn't it, Steve, when you see people who have some talent but somehow are not able to express that in whatever job or career they've chosen. That's just, that's just a shame. Just a shame. Yeah, we spend a lot of time thinking about that, actually, because I started our business around this idea of helping kids understand that science and engineering can be a lot of fun. You know, there are mm -hmm. these really exciting aspects of it. And uh, letting, giving students an opportunity to explore that, that realm a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. And even though I'll have to say, I, I said I was an engineer. I have an engineering degree from Purdue, and I did it for 10 years, and then I switched careers. My degree is actually in something called engineering management. 
and uh, and I continued with the management part and kind of left the engineering part behind. I kind of wished I had done a little more career exploration myself, although I don't look back with regret. You know, uh, engineering school taught me a way of thinking. You know that. We, you know, engineers are problem solvers. You learn methodical ways. You, you learn how to use data to make decisions. All these things are very helpful in my current life. Although I'm not the strongest accountant I could be because accounting is my second career. I don't have as much experience as someone else my age who's been in accounting longer. But what, I guess what I'm ultimately trying to say is every job or every career you have kind of builds to the next thing. And you take some part of it to the next thing that you do and the next thing that you do. So every this is what education is, right? Life learning experiences that take you to the next step in your life or whatever you're called to do next. Well, I think we're going to wrap it right there because that is a that's a <laughs> I like that. So for those in our audience who are interested in exploring microbusiness a little further for uh, their teenagers, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, the website is microbusinessforteens.com, and on there you'll find the video I talked about earlier produced by Public Television Station. You'll find some books that are helpful, some podcasts. You can also find the career exploration book I was talking about. It's really a book meant for a teenager to go through individually, or they can do it as part of a class. It's a lot of fun as a class. Same with the microbusiness for teens books. I think your wife used it with a group of teenagers, and they went yeah. through it as a group, which is a lot of fun to do that way. Each teenager might be running their own business but they come together that to talk about it so this week let's talk about marketing you know and they can bounce ideas off each other and stuff like that so you can find that kind of information over at microbusinessforteens.com it's also on facebook pinterest you know everywhere yeah <laughs> well we'll link that up in our notes so it's easy for people to find it and thank you again Kara, for taking some time to interview with us today yeah it was, it was fun talking to you steve thank you did you enjoy today's guest let us know on the Tabletop Inventing Facebook page. Just type in Tabletop Inventing into your Facebook search to find us. And while you're at it, like our page. To find out more about inventor camps, after-school programs, training opportunities, and our premium innovation fellowship program for high school students, visit InventingZone.com. That's InventingZone.com. Don't wonder about the future. Sign up and we'll help you create it.